You are listening to a true gospel perspective from our Macedonia Baptist Church ministerial staff. We pray that this message will be a true blessing to you. Reverend Minor and to my preach brethren in the gospel. To you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, indeed it is good to be here. I first want to thank and acknowledge our uh, executive committee for extending to me this opportunity to come and share with you for a few moments, give you a few scattered remarks, and I'll be out the way. Amen. We thank God for you, we thank God for your presence, but we want to draw your attention to Numbers, to the book of Numbers, specifically chapter 13. The book of Numbers, it's in the Old Testament, amen. If you're in the New Testament, head on back, amen. I also want to acknowledge and thank my, my darling, darling baby. Y'all know who I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, I'm talking about my wife, Philippia. I thank God for you. Amen. <laughs> Reverend Minor, she is integral in my ministry. Amen. She's integral, yes, and I thank God for her, and I thank God for you. In the 13th chapter of Numbers, beginning at the 26th verse, you will see these words, and I will be reading from the New King James Version. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone with him said, we are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, 
the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. And just for a few moments, I want to share with us from the thought the consequences of misinformation. The consequences of misinformation. According to dictionary.com, the word of the year back in 2018 was misinformation. Misinformation, and I think that all of us would agree that it was not only the word of 2018, but it seems to be that it's been an ongoing word of the year. Misinformation uh, is false or inaccurate information that is spread regardless of whether there is intent to mislead. That should not come to any surprise to us since we are living in a day and time when the information we receive, we don't know if it's true or not. It's amazing to me how two people can look at the same event and the same thing and walk away with two different conclusions. It amazes me that we live in a day and time where you can't even have a full discussion and say that the sun is bright without somebody saying, no, it's not, that it's fake news. The presence of misinformation has led to torn relationships, broken social norms, a more polarized political environment, and even contributes to the intense racial tension that is within our country. In fact, it's reasonable to say that the use and presence of misinformation has caused the death of hundreds of thousands of people in a short amount of time. I want us to think about that for a moment. There's been a lot of misinformation within our politics. You can't even get people to believe that someone lost an election and someone won the election. Yeah, since the beginning, man has always been impacted by the presence of misinformation. If you don't believe me, just travel back to Genesis. Yeah, because we know there that uh, Adam and Eve, and especially in Genesis chapter 3, where the serpent said to Eve, has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And then Eve replies and says, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you may not eat this, 
nor shall you touch it lest you die. That's not what God said. In fact, the Lord had commanded in chapter 2, verse 16, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Misinformation. Yeah. But the question is that we have to grapple with, the, the things that we need to contend with right now is how do we recognize the consequences of misinformation? How can misinformation prevent us from experiencing the promises of God? How can we distinguish and discern what is true and what is false? Well, if we're going to be able to understand and grapple with the consequences of misinformation, we can pull a lot from the examples of God's dealing with his children, specifically the children of Israel, as they approach the promised land. Yes, we know that the book of Numbers chronicles God and his chosen leader, Moses, and the children of Israel. We know that Numbers is outlined and marks three important stages of Israel's journey to the land which God had promised them. Yes, we see that they were walking, then they end up wandering and then they have to wait if you were to break down the book of numbers that's the way that it could be broken down from walking to wandering to waiting in fact if we think about it our pastors last two sermons came from this very book from the book of numbers chapter 11 where he chronicled the events of Moses, that what Moses had to endure. And our pastor warned us about frustration and rejecting bread. The children of Israel were never satisfied. They always questioned God's provisions for them. They complained about everything. Throughout their journey with God, Israel has shown the capacity to forget what God has done for them. And I think we too show that same capacity today. We forget what God had done for us yesterday. And that if he was able to do it yesterday, then surely he can do it right now. Do I have a witness? Yeah. So here we are in the 13th chapter of Numbers where it details Israel's fourth rebellion. They have been off the hook. They've been really going at Moses. Even his own brother and sister questioned his leadership and the fact that God had appointed him. And we saw the circumstances and what happened with his sister. But here we are in this 13th chapter where they reject 
the promised land. In the earlier part of chapter 13, God gives instructions to Moses specifically to explore the promised land. We know that the spies were enlisted. It was one man from every tribe of the nation or the children of Israel. We see that Moses gives them more specific instructions between um, verses 17 and 20. Listen to these instructions. First, he gives them the route that they should go. In verse 17, he says, go up, and go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains. So in other words, he's telling the spies to start south of the promised land, which is desert, it was desolate, and work your way up north to where you can see the plush greenery of all that God has before you. The second instruction he gave them is that, I want you to see what the land is like. Specifically, where the people dwell in the land, whether they are strong or weak, are they few or many? Thirdly, he tells them to, again, look at the land and whether to see if the land that they dwell, is it good or bad? Whether the cities they inhabit, are they like camps or strongholds? Whether the land is rich or poor, or whether there are forests or wood there or not. But it's one particular piece of instruction, Reverend Davis, that he gave them. He says, be of good courage. It's pretty amazing that these instructions are here, but it's even more amazing that God had given Moses some insight into the man that he chose. Specifically, that he knew that it could be possible that if when the men go into this promised land that they would take their focus off of what God was doing and focus on who was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I do the same thing. We do the same thing. We take our focus off what God instructs us to do and focus on man. Be of good courage. And then Moses shares with them, bring some of the fruit of the land. It's interesting that, again, Moses has to encourage them, but the spies went out, they explored the land, and they brought back their report. And we see in verse 25 of chapter 13 of Numbers, and it says that they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. And in verse 26, we see here that they are giving their report now to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel. They brought back word to the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And then in verse 27, they say, then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And, 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 and this is the fruit. You, you, you know, there's a key word that's coming in verse 28. 
nevertheless. Uh, nevertheless. That's a word of transition. That's a word that's marking that something different is about to happen. It's a word of anticipating that there's going to be the, a transition within the text. And if you think about it, if, when we gather this and put this in the context of the consequences of misinformation, misinformation begins when we ignore the evidence of our own experiences. Misinformation takes place when we ignore the evidence of our own experiences. Here's why I say that. Number one, they went into the land and was there for 40 days. And they came back. They made it back without incident, without anything happening to them. Maybe I need to say that again. They went into the land for 40 days and they came back. They made it back without hurt or harm. They made it back without incident. Don't you think that the same God that led them to the promised land and protected them while they were in the land and allowed them to make it back from the land will be the same God that can help them possess the land? I don't think y'all hear me. The evidence, right? That was their own personal experience. They saw firsthand what God can do for them. But then it's even more evidence. They had the fruit. The fruit of the land. And, 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 and ladies and gentlemen, when I share with you that this fruit was so big that it took two men to carry it on the pole, there was some serious grapes. Those not like Costco grapes. You know Costco grapes got nice size, but this ain't got nothing on Costco grapes. These grapes require two men to carry them. The evidence of our own experiences should inform us what God can do in our lives. Mm. But nevertheless, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Oh, here's another consequence of misinformation. Another consequence of misinformation is when we misinterpret our instructions. When we misinterpret our instructions. What are you talking about, preacher? Well, we know that Moses gave them very specific instructions. In fact, if you analyze and look at Moses' instructions, Moses placed more emphasis on the land than he did the inhabitants of the land. Hmm, yeah, that's true. He placed more emphasis about the land than he did the people of the land. Anytime that when we misinterpret the instructions from God, when we try to do things our own way and come to our own conclusion, don't you know that when you misapply instructions that you don't get the outcome you're looking for? Moses instructed them specifically 
three, to focus on three things. He said the condition of the land and the people. He says in between verses 17 and 20, is the land good or bad? Are the people strong or weak? Are they few or many? But then he asked them to look at the landscape of the land. More specifically, where do the cities sit at? Do they dwell in camps or do they dwell in strongholds? But then lastly, Moses wanted them to focus on the resources of the land. That's why he asked, is there forest there or is there wood there along with fruit? Moses, again, placed more emphasis on the land than he did the people. Here is why. Because, listen, God could take care of the people. We don't have to fight battles on our own. Don't you know that God will fight your battle? God will fight for you. God will, can fight a fight that you don't know anything about, that God can make a way out of no way, and that's exactly what he's trying to do. Mm. The consequences of misinformation. You and I have clear instructions on what God has shared with us in his word so that misinformation should not so easily creep in and change our perspective on what God has told us. Nobody should be able to tell you about God. Nobody should be able to tell you about your experiences with God. Nobody should be able to define how you experience God other than God. Your relationship with God is your relationship as long as that relationship is aligned with his word. Oh, I thought I was at Macedonia. Here it is. We have to align our focus to what God says, to how God sees you and I, so that we won't miss the opportunities that God has for us. In the 32nd number of Psalms, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and with my eye upon you. In Proverbs 4 and 13, it says, keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, and she is your life. Proverbs 10 and 17, whoever heeds instruction is on the path of life, but he who rejects reproof leads others to destroy or leads others to astray. Not only are the consequences of misinformation will cause us to ignore the evidence of our own experiences or misinterpret God's instructions for our lives, but here's another thing that it would do. It will pit, it will pit our faith in facts against somebody else's fear of failure. It will pit our faith in facts against somebody else's fear of failure. Check this out. In verse 30, we see that Caleb had quieted the people. 
before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, there are 12 spies, but only two carried about their faith. Only two operated in faith. And I need to share this with us, that sometimes you're going to find yourself in the minority. Sometimes you're going to find yourself in a situation where people just don't agree with you. And that's all right. As long as God agrees with you, then you should be able to move forward with God is calling you to do. Mm. Caleb says, look, Let's go and possess it. And Caleb was not speaking about of their own power, but he recognized the experiences that he had with God and that they had collectively. Look, if God could allow manna to fall from the sky, if God can allow Moses to strike a rock and water come out, if God can allow to provide you some quail, some chicken and biscuits, if the God can do all of that, don't you think that this same God will enable you, empower you to take possession of the promises that he has for you? But it's what we choose to operate out of. Do we choose to operate out of our faith? And I love what our pastor says when he says, look, faith and facts go hand in hand. We're not, listen, faith doesn't mean that you just blindly just step off into something, but it means that you do the research, and the research is right here in the Word of God. And you trust the Holy Spirit to remind you what God's Word says so that you can make the right decisions. We're living in a day and time where there's so much misinformation that people don't even want to take advantage of a vaccine. Y'all, every night on the news you see that it's, it's people who are not taking the vaccine. And I'm not here to advocate what you do. But as for me in my house, do I have a witness in here? I trust God. I trust the fact that last year about this time there was no hope. But this year God has made a way out of no way. And I trust God because, listen, all things work together for our good. Mm. The consequences of misinformation. I want to remind us what Paul says that, look, in Romans 8.31, if God be for us, if God be for you, if God, now look, I put my name, if God be for Eric, who, right? And, and, and the who is anybody. Who can be against what God is for. Don't you know and understand that God is for you? That he wants the best for you? That he has provided the best for you in his son Jesus Christ? God loves us. So as we walk through this weary mundane life, please know and understand that God is for you. So who can be against you. And all the misinformation that we experience, it tries to impact and influence us, but we have to settle in our hearts 
that for God I stand and for God I'll die. Because I know that this earth isn't it. I know that this just is not my final destination, but I got something to look forward to because I know that I'm going to spend eternity with him. Do you really know that? But here's one thing about misinformation that we cannot forget. We cannot lose sight of the role of Satan. You do know that Satan is the father of lies and that he is the prince of the air, that he controls the airwaves through God's permissive will, right? But here's what I know about God. Before anything can get to me, it has to go through him first. And if it gets to me, that means that it's going to work out for my good. So as the spies continue to give their report in verse 31, it says that we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Here is a sad conclusion of their report. Not only did they feel like the other people that they saw in the land were stronger than them, but skip down to verse 33, and it says that we saw the giants and we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. I want you to catch that for a minute, right? How you perceive yourself. What's the perception that you have of yourself? If it's anything outside of what God defines you out of, then you shouldn't perceive yourself in that way. I know that God has brought all of us from a mighty long way. And God indeed has brought all of us from a mighty long way, me included. I know that God has brought me from a mighty long way, and I also know that he's not done with me yet. The consequences of misinformation will have you to develop a skewed view of who you are. Misinformation not only comes from outside resources, but it also comes from the inside. Be careful of the self-talk that you have with yourself. Be careful of what you say to yourself, right? Because, you know, we know that, you know, physiology says that words do have impact. Words have an impact on our behavior, on our mindset, on the way that we see things. And God didn't call you to be depressed. He called us to be conformed. Mm. There are times that I have been guilty because a lot of times we give too much value to people and what they say in our lives. And there have been times in my life that I have been guilty of allowing the thoughts and the perceptions of people to impact me. And, and, and in that impact, here's what I realized. They didn't wake me up this morning. They didn't start me on my way. They didn't make no provisions for me. They, haven't, they don't have eternity for me. They're not building a mansion for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, when you know who you are in God, nobody can define you. So don't let nothing or anyone stop you from fulfilling your God-given purpose. We have one opportunity in this life 
before we spend eternity with him. Why not make this opportunity count? Make it count so that we can impact somebody else's life and bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now remind us again that God is for us. So who can be against us? So the question is, what misinformation have you accepted in your life? What misinformation have you allowed to shape and mold your reality? What misinformation have you allowed to define who you are? Well, if you're sitting here and you're struggling with that, I want to encourage you to recalibrate your thinking. There are three things that I would recommend to us as I nourish myself with that will help us to deal with misinformation. Number one, we have to prepare our minds. We have to prepare our minds. In Romans 12 and 2, Paul says, listen, do not be conformed to what? To this world, but be ye transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Trust me when I tell you, brothers and sisters, the battle is for your mind. Because if you have a man's mind, you have him. So not only should you prepare your mind by renewing your mind with the word of God, because as you are doing that, you are proving what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right? But you have to do it. This Bible just don't read itself. We have to put the time in to spend with God in his word. But number two, we have to protect our mind. Not only do we have to have a prepared mind, but we need to protect our mind. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Right? Stop watching basketball wives. All this mess that's out here. They're not even nobody's wife. And yet, right? All the junk that we watch on TV. Don't you know, again, that the battle is for the man that if Satan could get just an inch in your mind, that he can control your thoughts and what you do? Number three, so not only should we prepare our mind, not only should we protect our mind, but number three, we need to rehearse the promises of God in our life. You got to rehearse the promises of God. And the only way that you're able to rehearse something is if you know it. And the only way that we can really know the promises of God is in the word of God. Don't you see how everything goes back to this word? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, for all the promises in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. 
So we know the consequences that we face in this life. They can either be good or they can be bad. We won't know the outcome. We won't know the outcome until there has until it's been brought to reality. For the many consequences that you and I will face in this life, I remind us of what Jesus told us as he shared with his disciples that in this world, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer, for I have what? Overcome the world. And you know that there are some consequences that Jesus himself had to face while he was here on earth. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He raised the dead. And they took my Jesus from judgment hall to judgment hall. And yet they can find no fault with him. And they beat him until he was unrecognizable. They yelled, crucify him. They beat my Jesus. They tore off his clothes. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They beat him in such a way that he was marred and unrecognizable. And they led my Jesus to that old, old rugged cross. And they hung him between two thieves. Jesus hung upon that cross. He hung for you and he hung for me. Jesus died on that cross, didn't he die? Jesus was buried in another man's tomb. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. He declared that all the power in heaven and earth is in my hand. And that same power that's in Jesus' hand can allow us to move and maneuver ourselves from the consequences of misinformation because Jesus is the truth and nothing but the truth. So keep your hand in the Lord's hand and knowing that one day he's going to come back for his church without spot or wrinkle. Come Lord Jesus, come. Amen. Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open. We hope you enjoyed this message today. And we pray that it was a true blessing to you. If you are interested in learning more about Pastor Charles D. Twyman and the Macedonia Baptist Church family, you can reach out to us at www.mbcdet.com. Thank you, and God bless you.